Welcome back, everybody, to our Let's Talk Green County program presented today by Fouch Agri-Service in downtown Grand Junction. This is Coltrane Carlson, and our guest today is our state senator, Jesse Green, joining us now. So thank you very much, sir, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me again, Coltrane. All right, so Senator Green, as I understand it, you were over here on Friday morning at uh, a little visit to Green County Career Academy here in Jefferson, along with your counterpart over in the House with Carter Nordman. And so just kind of give us your, your overall comments. Is this the first time that you were able to kind of see the Career Academy up close and personal? Yeah, it, it was incredible to get this uh, kind of a tour and background information. There's other legislators that were there as well, other uh, community leaders that spoke on how the Green County uh, Career Academy became a reality. And that was really inspiring, and I learned so much by listening to that and, and looking around. And it's just amazing what can happen when you take public-private energy in the state. It really took all levels of government to make this happen. I learned a little bit about some of the SAVE and Pebble sources of revenue that helped make this a reality that's going to help shape my mind when it comes to these uh, tax reform policies that are probably going to come through this year as well. So. So I appreciate the opportunity that they gave me to tour. Kind of gave me some ideas, too. When I saw that beautiful auditorium, the presidential cycle is coming around the corner and it kind of gave me ideas of trying to find a, a nice place to be able to bring potential candidates and have them speak to the community. And I had fun uh, speaking with a couple of the school leaders there to see if uh, I can make that happen some point. So that was a fun opportunity. Well, a, a bill that's been getting quite a bit of uh, publicity and spotlighted over this last week was the governor's gigantic 1,600-page whopper of a bill for state restructuring for the most part. Uh, can you, first of all, just kind of hit the highlight? I don't want you to go uh, you know, page by page, 1,600 pages. It'll probably take longer than our program here. But just hit up some of the highlights of, of what this bill is about. Yeah, certainly. I think first off, we need to see what kind of brought this bill about. Again, it was kind of the result of uh, COVID. COVID revealed a lot of weaknesses within all aspects of our society. And one one thing that it appears uh, uh, affected government was that we have 37 different department chairs that report to the governor and uh, need to talk with the governor. And it seems like that during that time, there was a little bit of chaos happening and not good communication. And, and so that's what I think revealed the potential of uh, some issues here, as well as when you dig underneath the surface and you compare it to other states, it's pretty eye-opening to see that the state of Illinois pays roughly uh, $2,400 more per capita for their state government. We pay $2,400 more per capita for our state government than Illinois does. And so that's kind of shocking as well. So with those two, like, 30,000-foot view situations, this has spurred the governor to look deeper into the issue and also the Senate and, and the House. And, and then when we dug a little bit deeper, there's 500 vacant positions in government that the taxpayers are paying for, and then those departments are using that money for other things. So I'd say those are the three big points as to what has driven the need for to at least explore restructuring government and see if we can be a little bit more efficient with the tax dollars that are given to us. As we uh, kind of move away from that, another bill that just recently got a lot of attention is a bill that's working its way specifically, I believe, through the Senate chamber. And that is a, a legislation banning minors, so people under the age of 18, from going to drag shows in Iowa. Uh, can you kind of give us your initial thoughts about this particular piece of legislation? Where your stance is initially on this? Well, honestly, Coltrane, I, I can't believe we even have to have these conversations, just like protecting girls' sports. Uh, last year, it's, it's just amazing that we've come to this point that government has to act on some of this stuff. And, 
And I, I bet you the situation that kind of spurred this conversation was in Ankeny last year. It was right after, uh, if I remember right, right after a school a day after school got let out, uh, some of the teachers there had a drag show come into Ankeny School District, and as a result, that created quite a stir. That was a shock to many people. As a result, I think there was some there's some backlash now from the teachers who got in trouble from that, and so that that story is still going on. But it's unfortunate that we have to have this conversation. But I certainly think that this is a no-brainer that we need to protect our young ones as much as we possibly can. Opposition that's already taken place for this particular piece of legislation is uh, some people are are saying that you're essentially taking away parental control. And maybe it should be left up to the parents whether or not to decide whether or not their minors or their children should go to drag shows. What's your comment to that? We have to draw boundaries in society as to what is appropriate for minors to be looking at, thinking at, and how we educate minors and stuff like that. And in my mind, I put this in the realm as certain explicit material that we don't allow uh, kids to to do. Uh, We don't allow kids to go to adult shows of other things. I I think this is an appropriate conversation to have. Talk to us about some of the developments that you've got going on in the local government realm. Start with us, if you could, about your volunteer uh, emergency personnel uh, grant situation that you're trying to come up with. Yeah, so one of the bills we passed out a subcommittee and is ready for full committee on is a grant program that would be funded with Iowa Lottery revenue. They are willing to shift over a million dollars into this program that would go towards uh, benefits or retirement awards to those who volunteer for emergency personnel, so like your EMTs or your volunteer firefighters. And first, when I saw it, uh, this million-dollar number, I didn't know if that would be enough money or not. We have so many wonderful volunteers around the state, but it's enough to get the program started and to see how many towns and what size towns tried to take advantage of this program. So it's a dollar-for-dollar match. So let's say you take a small town that that just wants to fund it through businesses, private donations, or a pancake breakfast. Whatever dollars that they raise for this purpose, the state would match dollar-for-dollar. I think it's a wonderful program. We struggle getting volunteer firefighters in, in some of the small towns across the state. This is just one way to say thank you, another way to maybe help attract new volunteer firefighters into that realm. So the other beauty of this program is it's the cities will be able to set the rules and regulations regarding this program and uh, who can uh, qualify for the program. Maybe maybe they'll only give an award to somebody that has served for 10 years or 15 years, or maybe they'll use it as a tool to recruit some volunteer people. So that was one of my exciting bills that I was able to get out of local or will get out of local government next week. For sure. Now talk to us about maybe some potential uh, changes when it comes to county supervisors and how their districts are are made up. Yeah, so this was a bill that just came out uh, last week and is kind of a get some attention, that's for sure. Uh, what this bill does is that any county that has a population larger than 60,000, if they elect their supervisors at large, so for example, like uh, Story County, Dallas County, they elect their supervisors regardless of where they live. And so this would require that by next year, they would have to be in districts. And and a classic example would be in Johnson County, I believe, where there's a few supervisors that live within just a few blocks of each other right here. And, and so a lot of Johnson County uh, residents uh, don't feel that that's right and they, they don't feel represented. And so uh, that's what this bill is trying to get at. And again, it's uh, for a population of 60,000 or more that would be impacted by this. And that's our state senator, Jesse Green, joining us once again.
You're listening to Let's Talk Green County, presented today by Fouch Agri-Service in downtown Grand Junction, your channel, Seedsman. We'll be right back with more here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network. 